This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their sites, and we don't do that. So enjoy freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Michelle. Uh, Mark probably will be joining us at a later point uh, in the program. He's out fixing uh, a problem with the with a faucet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I noticed that the water was turned off, but too late. So here we are to talk to you about anything. We're going to start things out by going to Orlando, Florida, and a call that... Well, I'm sorry that we have to uh, to take. Let's talk to Josh listening in Orlando. You're on Free Talk Live. Josh? Do we have Josh hello. in Orlando? Hello? Uh, hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, how are you folks today? Just great. What's on your mind tonight, Josh? Uh, well, I just, you know, John, obviously, I'm sure you guys are well aware that John uh, has been arrested. They did find him guilty of uh, resistance without violence. Now, you're talking about John Kurtz. Uh, I mean, I'm aware, but our listeners aren't aware. Uh, John Kurtz, we've had him on the show a number of times. Michelle, I'm not sure if you got a chance to meet him last year at Porkfest or not. Uh, He was there this year as well. A big group of folks came up from Orlando both years, and uh, they're people who were inspired by a lot of the activism that's gone on up here in New Hampshire, and they kind of started doing civil disobedience down in Orlando. They're affiliated with CopLock, right? uh, CopWatch. CopWatch, I'm OrlandoCopWatch.com, and it's uh, John Kurtz is kind of the most visible of what is a fairly large group of activists uh, down there, and Usually when you're the most visible, that means you're more likely to be targeted, and uh, he was recording the police at one one incident uh, a while back, and they uh, you know, arrested him for recording the police, claimed that he assaulted a police officer, if I'm recalling correctly. Did I get all that right thus far? Uh, yes, sir. They, they had, they, uh, the original charge was three charges, obstruction of justice. Uh, resisting arrest without violence, of course, and battery on a law enforcement officer. So he went to trial on this over the last couple days in Orlando, and this is the same courthouse where they banned the outreach uh, of any sort to jurors. You can't hold a sign. You can't pass out flyers. You can't talk to jurors. Even if you're standing not on the steps, but just on the sidewalk? Anywhere on the entire property, the entire... That is is correct. That is correct. They have completely banned uh, trying to do any type of uh, what they would classify as jury tampering. Uh, And they actually have, they have an administrative order now that any type of First Amendment activity has to be confined to these tiny uh, free speech boxes that are well away where you, from any type of influence that you could have over anyone. Right. Uh, and we, we also had some trouble with that. But uh, Right. Somebody was arrested guys, uh, earlier this week for handing out flyers. Now, he wasn't charged with jury tampering. They're allegedly going to charge him with contempt of court. Uh, contempt that of court. That case. is uh, activist Mark Schmitter. Right. Uh, and, he's, and he's been doing feature there for nine months. And, uh, you know, they decided to finally take action and with his contempt of court uh, the same day that John's trial was going on. So John's trial wrapped up uh, late yesterday. Jury deliberations went on apparently into the evening because they didn't arrest him until like 10 o'clock at night. Isn't that right? Yes, we wrapped up at about 10 o'clock last night. And uh, I've never heard of that, by the way. I've never heard of a court going past 4 o'clock. I mean, normally they, yeah, it sounds like the star chamber. Yeah. <laughs> they absolutely, and it was funny because the, the previous day they absolutely wrapped it up at 5 o'clock, you know, because they wanted to stay within budget and operate efficient because you and I both know how efficient government operates. <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to briefly tell you guys, uh, for me, this is my first experience in a courtroom, and I had the, I guess, the pleasure and the satisfaction of being able to sit through both days of this. 
and it really was a roller coaster. If you guys don't mind, I was going to tell you about a couple of victories we had that might, uh, you know, make it okay to kind of justify the, 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 the horrible fact that John is going to be spending the next 23 days in a cage. Yeah, just to point, uh, I want you to cl- get the victories here in a moment, but just to clarify, the sentence was 30 days in jail for so-called resisting arrest, but that means they didn't find him guilty on the other two charges, correct? Correct. Well, they, so, had, they had actually dropped the charge. The obstruction of justice uh, charge was dropped. Uh-huh. So the only the only charges that he was being tried for was the resisting without violence in the battery on the LEO. So, okay, so the original reason why he was arrested, he wasn't convicted for that, which means that it was essentially a wrongful arrest, but that doesn't matter. He's, they still got convicted of resisting arrest. So even if you resist, supposedly, a wrongful arrest, you're still committing a criminal action by the, uh, you know, the, the, the definitions of the state. In the eyes of the state, that's correct. Yeah. So even though he shouldn't have been arrested at all, that charge still went through. They found him guilty of it, and now he's going to sit in jail for uh, several weeks and yeah. and then be put on probation for an entire year. Now, probation sucks. It is a system that is designed to make it so that it's easy to violate. They, You can violate probation at the drop of a pin, and uh, these people can usually come in and search your home. They usually uh, demand that you appear at their offices, the, the probation offices, once a week or something like that. So I'm not sure what the terms are going to be like down there in Florida, but it's never easy. Absolutely. Uh, we're actually waiting to find out more about that. And on top of these terms, there's an additional term that he, John, is not allowed to come within 100 feet of any police officer who is engaged in uh, any type of uh, investigation or any, in, in any, any type of lawful activity. Absolutely. So really, this is, I mean, they they really wanted to absolutely make sure that they could prevent any future cop watch on behalf of John Kirsch. I, wow, I, I mean, that I is incredible that. to me. So they're yeah. preventing him from, they've essentially got a restraining order on him for all police officers. That is correct. And that's for what, the entirety of the probation? Is that the idea? Uh, from what I understand, I believe it is through the pro- for the, pro- the uh, probation period, but it may extend further than that. I'm not entirely sure on that. So, 100%. if a cop approaches John, does that mean he has to run away? I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, in my little crazy mind, I'm thinking, gosh, then that would mean that he shouldn't be able to be arrested again. <laughs> well, they, well, they did. They did clarify, except for if, if the state happened to. Uh, going to want to mess with him for a bit then then it would right. be acceptable okay how convenient yeah that's no yeah. that's lovely wow but, uh, i I'm, I'm just blown away by that that's a detail that i didn't hear about last night when i got this news late last night and man that's shocking yeah. to me so what is the response um obviously you're upset by this and john is too is <laughs> there is there an uprising um amongst people that have been following you guys or or um participating in events with you well, uh, I have noticed on the Orlando Cop Watch it, uh, website there did seem to be an additional amount of traffic. Uh, the local media, I, from what I from what I've seen so far, hasn't really covered this much. Obviously, there's a circus going on with the Casey Anthony deal right now. That's really uh, the big focus. But uh, there was a lot of stuff to go on. Obviously, we had Mark Schmitter who was arrested for his issue, so we've got that. But uh, as far as our people, I mean, we've been we've obviously been upset and been trying to to fight, you know, throw ourselves to the machine as, as best we can. But uh, we feel we feel as if a lot of this was done deliberately to try to uh, prevent us from taking future action. But obviously, this is only going to int- cause us to intensify. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is how they down. do it. They think they can intimidate uh, people 
And in many cases, yeah. they're right. They can. And so that's the, yeah. the direction that they go. And But w- when it comes to hardcore liberty-loving activists who are willing to take risks, their intimidation right. tactics flip on their head. They uh, they don't work. They just encourage people to get out there and get more active and follow in the footsteps of the individual that is being uh, prosecuted, in this case, John uh, Kurtz, it's just it's so sad. OrlandoCopWatch.com is where you can go to see some of this, the stuff that you guys have been doing down there. It's It's been great activism thus far. Now, are you guys um, affiliated with the people that are do, feeding the homeless by chance? Uh, well, we, we do it all. I mean, that that is food, not bombs. I mean, we go there or members of Orlando CopWatch go there to act as CopWatch members. Uh, I go, you know, I go there as an indi- as an individual because I'm upset about the ordinance. I think it's unjust. But uh, I mean, we go, we do all this. We we do the Fiji, we do so, the Fiji outreach stuff, we do the cop watch, we do the feeding the homeless. So those Pretty people are, are sympathetic to what's going on with you as well. So even though absolutely. they're not directly cop watch affiliates, then um, absolutely, you have some support. We were there. actually actually a few of the people from Food Not Bombs did come in and attend the last day of John's mm-hmm. trial, which we were glad to see because I know you know I don't want to toot John's horn. It doesn't need to be tooted, but he has actually you know bailed out a few of the Food Not Bombs people who were arrested for feeding the homeless. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I, I want to hear about the winds here at a moment, but I also okay. under, I also oh. understand that uh, apparently there was a total crackdown on any kind of camera activity within the courtroom. Absolutely, we have all kind of lovely stories for that. Uh, oh, you want to hear about that now, or were you cutting for the commercial? I'm sorry. Well, you any, hear about anything that you want to? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll bring you back here in just a moment. You can stick with us. Okay. Yes, absolutely. All right, absolutely. more with Josh here from OrlandoCopWatch.com as uh, one of the cop watchers down there has been sentenced. The 30 days in jail for so-called resisting arrest, plus a year probation, plus at least a year of being banned from coming within 100 feet of any police officer. Crazy stuff. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great... Julius Caesar and beyond. TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features there uh, on the house. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites, we give you archives galore, for instance. You can go all the way back to uh, late 2006, and you can download as many as you like. They're completely free. Go to freetalklive.com to do it. That's freetalklive.com. And as I mentioned, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. If you need some collections work done, forget about doing it yourself. Contact SACL CAI. They do collections with respect. 
towards your customers, the clients that owe you money. Uh, they they want to make it so that you can actually keep your clients once this whole collection process is uh, is over and done with. So go to SACL CAI's website. You'll find their link right at the top of our banner column on the right-hand side of freetalklive.com. SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. We go back to Josh listening in Orlando. Uh, OrlandoCopWatch.com. John Kurtz is one of our visible folks there doing activism of a civil disobedience nature in Orlando and also doing Cop Watch, which whether we like it or not, is ultimately an act of civil disobedience in many cases because... I think the, it's a responsibility. Yeah, but well, because the cops don't like it when you uh, point video cameras at them. And in many cases, they will target you for violence and kidnapping. And that's what they did with John. They kidnapped him and they held him in a jail cell for about seven days. Uh, in, in, the, in the initial uh, phase of all this, they then charged him with a felony count of assault on a police officer, which, of course, is a bunch of nonsense. And also some other uh, other nonsensical uh, you know, charges like obstructing government administration and resisting arrest. And uh, Josh, you're back with us to kind of tell us a little bit more here because John has been sent to jail for uh, 30 days. Seven already, already have been uh, served initially, so it's 23 days remaining. And uh, then another year of probation after that. So keep essentially the- more jail. I mean, it's it's like a noose around your neck, mm-hmm. uh, basically. And then beyond that, he's prohibited from approaching any police officer within 100 feet. So just incredibly restrictive, uh, just outrageous sentencing here. And it's it was a jury trial, by the way. So uh, get, hit us with this, whatever it was you wanted to share. Go ahead. Josh. Well, I would like to point out very quickly that, you know, John, they offered John multiple plea deals, and mm-hmm. he refused because he wanted to have a trial by jury. And uh, I can only speculate, but I do believe that that's really the reason that the judge was gave such a harsh sentencing. The judge could have very well given him a time served and not even had to have probation. But the judge, who who displayed extreme lack of impartialness Mm -hmm. at the very end, he said, you know, I feel that John has not learned his lesson. I feel that John thinks that he is innocent of these crimes. And if we just allow him to say time served, he will not learn his lesson. Mm -hmm. So after even pleading of John's uh, attorney, who was an amazing attorney, I thought, uh, the judge still would not would not return his uh, decision and would absolutely make John do 30 days in, in jail. Wow. But uh, I know you wanted to talk about the, the camera issue. This, this same judge I'm talking about uh, accused many of us in the courtroom of uh, trying to record the court proceedings, mm-hmm. threatened us multiple times with uh, contempt charges. And uh, he even dr- grabbed uh, two people from the uh, assembly and brought them in front of the court and had them swear under oath that they were not doing it. And their deputies were all over the place grabbing our phones, making sure that our phones were off. Wow. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, as this is going on, I know, you know, five floors above us and the 23rd floor, the whole world is watching the Casey Anthony trial. Why, you know, why why can we not have any type of uh, leaking of what's proceeding in this courtroom? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, you're not the mainstream media, so you're not allowed to have cameras in there. They know they can push you around. You don't have uh, lawyers on your side that will sue them. Understandable. And you also but, uh, don't invoke this sense of self-righteousness in people where they can, you know, people can watch what's going on with that young girl and go, oh, she's terrible. She's awful. I'm so fabulous and I'm so wonderful because I would never do that. So unfortunately, you know, the right. media is into tapping into people's emotions and whatever will get ratings. And, and right now that's whatever little, um, you know, pseudo pill that they can, people can well, take to make themselves feel good about themselves. That's a great point, Michelle. They don't mind if somebody sees a murder trial or whatever. I'm not sure what that trial is even about, but is it a murder? Murder trial, trial of a two-year-old, her two, oh, two-year-old dear. daughter. 
So it's all right if somebody sees the trial of a murderer because then the state looks good, right? right. But if, the, but if the, they see a trial of John Kurtz, who's a completely peaceful human being, he never harmed another person, uh, he's never even been to jail before, as I understand it, or he's never been convicted of, uh, of anything from what I understand. And, you know, if they see this happening and they see, you know, a, a, a principled defense and, you know, things that make sense about pointing out how the state is violent and corrupt and all that, this is very damaging to the state's image and its le- so-called legitimacy. And so, Therefore, so much for the blindness of justice. Therefore, they don't want anybody to see that. That's the same reason why they'll kick everybody out of a court. They'll like here in Keene, if there's a trial happening for an activist, frequently they'll go ahead and finish up with everybody else that's in the courtroom, empty out the courtroom with the exception of all the activists that are there. That way, only the activists get to see the trial. But at least here in Keene, we're allowed to bring cameras into the courtroom. That's not a problem here at all. We've never had that issue. They don't like cameras out in the lobby. People are getting arrested for that here in Keene, so it's not perfect here. But but at least we're able to record every single trial mm-hmm. that goes down here. Whereas what you're saying, Josh, is they're checking people's cell phones frequently to make sure they're still turned off. They're having people swear uh, under oath that they're not recording. I mean, just a total crackdown on any kind of possibility of a recording of this trial. Absolutely. And from what I understand, there was a possibility had we applied for some type of permit, uh, you know, months in advance, probably, with a bureaucracy, maybe a month in advance, mm. we could have possibly brought a camcorder in. I'm not even sure about that. Wow. But uh, I will say one of the victories we did have in this is uh, this is my first time ever experiencing uh, jury selection. So, you know, we're sitting here and they do bring in 30 potential jurors. And, you know, the judge goes through his uh, basic line of questioning and whatnot. But then ultimately he does, he gets to the point where he said, obviously the elephant in the room is, and any, as you walked into the courthouse today, was were any of you approached and given a yellow trifold pamphlet about jury rights? Mm-hmm. And I will say to you, ninety-five percent of those people raised their hand That's with their little speech flyers because you know somebody out there. I'm not sure who it was. You know, I'm not sure who it was. But somebody Did the out judge there was consider out. that jury tampering at that point? Uh, he, well, this is what he said. He said, "If you've read it, it's been read." But then he went. He went on to negate the facts that were. Uh, discussed within the brochure he went on to negate those facts and say you know you can you must ignore this and then they had to wow. debate with, uh, collect all the pamphlets that's directing the jury that is absolutely unacceptable in a courtroom yeah uh and you know like i said this is my first time and just you know the whole idea that you know someone outside trying to educate the jurors would be tampering but not the judge mm-hmm. and the prosecution you know with their wow. line of questions dismissing jurors because they show basic you know, because they show basic understanding of any type of concepts of liberty yep. or history, they're dismissed. Hmm. Uh, but that that was a pretty good victory. And then uh, I was I was a bit sad to see that. I guess I'm not sure how it is if it varies state to state, but at least for here in Florida, for at least in this instance, uh, the state does get first pick on uh, dismissing jurors. They go first. They get to go row by row and say who they would like to see dismissed, mm-hmm. and then the defense can object. Sorry, this uh, is Mark. Mark. But, how many how many do they get? I'm sorry. How many dismissals do they get? I believe that they have. They get six. They get. To, they get. They get to do six, and then, uh, then I guess the uh, the defense gets an opportunity to respond. But I mean, I'm not sure. There's a lot of legal uh, terms did that they, were used that I really wasn't familiar with. There's a lot of stuff going on. Did they but allow Josh? Went, did they allow the defense to ask questions of the jurors? Absolutely, they did. You know, they had the the state went first, and then the defense followed. Huh. And when it came time for them to dismiss, the state began again. See, what I've heard here is that uh, you have to submit your questions in advance to the judge here in New Hampshire in order to yeah. get in. You know, maybe, maybe then he won't even ask them of the jurors. So right. things are things are definitely different from state to state. Uh, is there more you wanted to share with us? 
Uh, you know, I don't want to take up all your time, but, but I do want to say if, briefly. If there is more, stick with us. We'll be, uh, be right back. It's Free Talk okay, Live. Okay. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you would like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You may join us online as well at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam, and we've had it for a while, but just within the last 48 hours, we've changed our provider around. What happened was uh, Ustream is what we were using. Uh, Ustream changed their advertising policy Used to be that now look, it can't be very cheap to run these video streaming services. So I don't blame them for getting desperate or whatever it is. I don't know what their financial situation is, but uh, UStream changed their their setup to where it used to be that when you would click play on our webcam, if you didn't have something like AdBlock turned on in your browser, then uh, it would you know play like a thirty second ad, and then it would join our stream. So then you'd be able to watch. So you have to sit through the ad, and then you can watch Free Talk Live. And that's what we have to do because it's just I'm not willing to pay the price for the the ad-free streaming. It's just too expensive as far as I'm concerned. And so that was okay. Like that's acceptable. A pre what they that's what they call a pre-roll right. ad, and that that makes sense. These guys got to pay the bills. It it you know makes it so somebody has to sit and watch that ad before they can get the content. That makes sense. It's it's expensive to stream video on the internet. I totally understand. But then what they changed, and the, the other thing they do is they'll flash ads up on the screen, which that's fine, sure, too. Sure, like below it, the same way they do on yeah, YouTube. Like the, the lower third or something like that. It'll, there'll be an ad down there. So that's fine, too, because it doesn't get in the way of the audio, right? It doesn't get away in the way of the actual program content. So that doesn't bother me. But then what they started doing within the last week, and I hear this because I don't watch the cam. I'm busy doing the show. So I hear this from some of our listeners, some of the people that watch the cam, is, hey, Ustream's interrupting your feed with advertisements. So, like, just right sometime randomly within the middle of the show, you've got a 30-second ad that just busts in. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) That's pretty obnoxious. And uh, so I decided, all right, time to start looking around for another uh, stream provider. And we're going with Livestream. They do a a very nice job. And uh, apparently they don't interrupt streams, so they just do the pre-roll thing where there's an ad at the beginning. And uh, so thus far, it's been a pretty positive experience, although I've had some issues with their streaming software where it's crashed on me the last uh, last couple days. That's a few times. Good. So that's not good. Um, so, but I reinstalled the software, and so I'm going to try to tweak that. But right now, as of right now, the stream looks better. We've got a higher resolution than before, so the cam actually is uh, crisper than, uh, than it's ever been. And hopefully it doesn't crash. And hopefully it won't crash. If it does crash, we may have to use their their web stream thing, which won't look as good. Um, so there's still some options out there, but we've transitioned away from Ustream, and so enjoy the brand new looking cam over at cam.freetalklive.com. I think it, it looks great. Uh, it's it's really a, it's the same cam we're using, we're just using it at a higher resolution through this new service. So uh, once again, cam.freetalklive.com. Go there and enjoy that for free, just like the rest of our website. Mark, joining us here, uh, better late than never. You had to take care of some uh, important stuff, technical uh, stuff outside the studio. 
and <laughs> you want your faucet <laughs> fixed, and I had to go to Home Depot because you, you couldn't you follow how, instructions on the right one. I'm not handy like that. You're not That's handy. That's why I like have people that. like Mark around. Right. Mm-hmm. I might as well be the husband around here. <laughs> Oh, brother. All right. So, so does that make me, what, like a flame dame? I'm not sure what that Josh makes Josh is <laughs> in Orlando. Uh, Josh, you're giving us a recap of what happened over the last couple of days in Orlando with the uh, court system down there really just being tyrannical and awful, not allowing cameras into the court, cracking down on people that attempted to, you know, even use a cell phone as a, as a camera, uh, just totally uh, just restrictive uh, conditions in which this uh, John Kurtz was on trial, who's a civil disobedience activist down there, and uh, he ended up getting found guilty on one of three counts. So it could have been a lot worse, I suppose, but uh, in this case, they found him guilty of resisting arrest. So even though the other counts were not guilty, for some reason, the resisting arrest was still valid. Uh, that's something I don't understand. I think it violates the uh, fruit of the poison tree doctrine, but that's okay. The government's been violating its own doctrines for uh, for decades, so it's not like they're going to ever you know, hold themselves accountable. But you were still telling us some of the victories that you thought that uh, you guys had down there, despite all of the uh, the tyranny that you experienced. Well, I mean, obviously last night was, I mean, it was a big blow to us. We wanted to see John get away. We, the biggest victory would have been, obviously, if he would have been found not guilty of everything. But we know that we've already got, we're already working on specific campaigns to try to foster uh, more help for this, uh, to get more people active, use this uh, as a PR tool for our benefit, obviously, like you have to do with any of these situations. Uh, and I think it's going to even look good for the whole, the whole uh, the homeless ordinance because, Wednesday, after the first day of jury selection, right after John got out of that, that trial part, uh, we went right over to Lake Eola and witnessed two more people get arrested. Oh, for no. What's the total like, up to now? Like 27, 28 people? I believe it's up to 27 or 28 people at this point. Jeez. Absolutely. But uh, I, would want to, I want to say one more thing, and then I'll let you guys go. I know you, I know you have a lot to cover today, but uh, Grueler, Detective Grueler, the victim in this heinous crime committed by John Kurtz, uh, his affid- he I just want to be clear, on, put this on the record for you guys. Uh, his original affidavit was changed once from, uh, pushing jo- from John pushing him from one side to being changed to pushing him from the other once the uh, video evidence of the street cameras was presented to him. Then he changed his affidavit, his sworn affidavit, and then uh, his deposition in, pre- in the hearings was different from that. And then when he testified in court, his story changed yet again. Wow. And he, were, and he was still found to be a... Uh, Bible witness. Incredible. So, it totally yeah, it makes me want to cry, actually. I mean, it's just yeah, it so was, disgusting. It was really ridiculous. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll close with this. I would just encourage your listeners to go to, again, OrlandoCopWatch.com. The number one story is about John Kurtz. You can find out how to help him. We're trying to fund his commissary account so we can, uh, you know, have quick access to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we may be trying to do something to get in touch with our, our state governor, see if we can maybe work that angle we don't know if, that, if that's going to be a possibility yeah, but don't get your I hopes up how'd that go for you mark uh, well i can tell you well it's a different state governor now but uh, mark rubio is no more interested in this than uh charlie christ was good luck but yeah. you know that's just it's just my assessment from sitting up here it's horrible what they're doing down there and uh i just i hope that uh, one of these days more of you uh, orlando folks can come up to new hampshire on a permanent basis because things aren't perfect up here but i think there's there are more a, of us than we can stand together it, right and i mean they're good there's a good group down there in orlando but what's the population of orlando isn't it like two million people or something uh it is pretty huge i don't know the numbers to be exact uh but we i, I will say we do have a very tight-knit little liberty family here we i would say we have like 500 activists within that i would say we would have maybe 20 who are the who are the hardcore who do who try to do it all mm-hmm. you know the supermen and women 
I totally uh, understand. Absolutely. John, Kurt, John Kurtz will be one of those. But I, I want to thank you guys for providing an outlet for all of us to communicate and, and talk about all this stuff so everyone well, knows that I think that any, anywhere where, where there's civil disobedience going on, a newsworthy uh, activism happening needs to be it needs to be heard about, whether it's uh, the people doing street yeah. theater down in Austin, which is some brilliant stuff down there, uh, the, the folks doing the dancing in D.C., which is, by the way, going to happen again this July 4th, Independence Day. Uh, they're going to be having a dance party again in Washington, D.C., so that's that's, you know, whatever's exciting. Independence. exactly right. <laughs> uh, so, the, you know, if there's exciting stuff going on, I want to hear about it uh, because it inspires people. People hear about this stuff and they, you know, they take up the mantle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're willing to go out and and, uh, and emulate those like John Kurtz who have led the way. And thanks, uh, Josh, for the call tonight. Uh, I really appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. What is their site again? Oh, Josh, are you still there? Yes, yes, oh, sir. okay. You know, I just realized something. By the way, it's orlandocopwatch.com, Michelle. Okay. But, Mark, you had a question about the resisting thing, right? Yeah, what, was, uh, what, what qualified as resisting um, in this situation? Uh, the victim, Detective Gruller, testified that when he placed the handcuffs on the defendant, John Kirch, that John Kirch did try to slightly move his left hand away as he was being cuffed. Well, I hope the detective's that- all right. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I hope he's okay. I'm going to send uh, some cards and some flowers to his wife just to make sure that everything is okay. Be sure that and you send a, a pair of, like, um, you know, little girl's panties, panties. to the detective. <laughs> yes. uh, our prayers are definitely with his family through this yeah. hard tragedy that he had to go through. Yes. Hey, I appreciate you guys. You take care. I look forward to seeing you at Port Fest 2012. Okay? Very good, sir. He hey, could have got a nasty pinch from those handcuffs. Keep us in the loop as well as to what, uh, you know, transpires, because it's not done down there. I mean, there's a, a Mark, the a gentleman that was uh, arrested this week for handing out jury flyers he's going to be right. facing uh, that contempt of court charge at, uh, at some point and well, we understand that's going to be on the 6th of july we're already mobilizing to try to get some uh, people to the court for that keep us in the loop and, on uh, that will you absolutely and uh, real quickly we've decided if they continue to start arresting people for fija we're going to switch to the don't take the plea outreach <laughs> they're not going to like that's that either the... thanks for the call absolutely. tonight appreciate right. hearing from you i think they've been banned from handing out anything as I recall reading the uh, the judge's order, it's you're banned from handing anything. No handed stuff jury. out at our courthouse. Period. Yeah. You know, freedom of speech and all that. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Once again, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Like the show? Want to help support Free Talk Live? You can do that by becoming an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn about the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send us three bucks a month, you know, the price of a cup of coffee, and we'll take that in and reinvest it into the show. 
getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations, uh, bringing more internet listeners on board. In fact, just announced a new station today in Wilmington, Delaware, WILM. We'll uh, give them an official hello tomorrow night because they're only on for Saturdays at this point in time. But we're constantly bringing new stations on, and it's thanks to listeners like you getting behind the show financially. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal or use uh, Visa or MasterCard on our site, amp.freetalklive.com. You want to know about bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. In a lot of ways, they're like cash for the internet. You know, obviously, when you're doing business over the internet, you don't want to have to send people you know, chunks of gold or silver or FRNs or dollar bills or whatever in the mail. So it's nice to be able to pay people online. Bitcoins make that easy. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value has been trending upward with time. Find out more by visiting weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. I mean, I saw these things at, well, less than a dollar a few months ago. Now they're at uh, over 16. Uh, they, could be, they could trend up double that. I don't know. Um, your dollars, I do know, are diminishing day by day. Bitcoins have been trending upward. You can visit weusecoins.org and find out more. All right, so 800-259-9231. We're going to get right back into your phone calls here. But just one point of uh, clarification. We were talking with uh, Josh down in Orlando, and there is a good group of activists down there. They come. Uh, they came up to Porkfest last year here in New Hampshire and met a lot of the folks that they've only heard about listening to Free Talk Live. And then this year, more of them, I think, came up from Orlando. They got an RV and yes. kind of came up here and uh, just had a blast. Yes. Nice, nice people. Great activists. I just have to wonder, are they... When are they going to get tired of running up against the brick wall that is the state of Florida? Well, you know, people have to do what they have to do in life. And what we have to do here in New Hampshire is make New Hampshire so attractive that activists like the ones that are in Orlando have no place, no 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 other options in their life but to move up here. Right now, there's two million people in the metro area of Orlando, which is more than... 25%, 25%, I think, more than, excuse me, uh, 33% more than the entire population. Yeah, there's about 1.3 to 1.4 million in, New, in the state of New Hampshire. Yeah. States have uh, you know, sovereignty powers that are beyond those of just ge- other geographic areas. Um, you know, I wish that the founding fathers had landed in Jacksonville instead of landing in, uh, a- a- and up in Plymouth Rock or whatever. Well, I guess the founding fathers aren't exactly right, but I wish somebody had yeah. landed there and we had smaller states that were cut up in the southern areas, but we don't. We don't. And states have sovereignty powers that counties and cities and municipalities and you know all these other ways of sectioning right. off land, they don't have those. New Hampshire is uh, ranked as the freest state according to the Mercatus Center, so yep. we've already got a good starting point. There's a lot that needs to be done, though, and in order to get these things done, we need to have people here on the ground in New Hampshire. There are hundreds who've already made the move as part of the Free State Project. You can learn more at freestateproject.org as we go to your phone calls here and your thoughts. Eddie's listening in D.C. Eddie, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Michelle and hey Mark. Hey. hey, hello. Hey, hello, it, Miss Michelle Seven. Is this Eddie Free? Guys, uh, my heart goes out to Kurt and all of his, uh, to John and, and all of his, uh, his friends and his family over there. It sounds like the police are scared of him and they have a protection order against him now. Yeah, that's right. He can't come within 100 feet uh, of any police officer. As part of his uh, his conviction for so-called resisting arrest down there. And you got to meet John uh, and some of the other folks from Orlando because you I were did. also at Porkfest. 
I did. In fact, they were uh, camped out not not far from uh, where our camp was, the Civil uh, Disobedience Evolution Fund camp. Um, and yeah, I got a chance to hang out with him and his friends. Uh, we did a uh, discussion panel with Jason Talley uh, over civil disobedience. I think we did that Saturday, and uh, gave me a chance to meet John and uh, learn more about what's going on with him. And like I said, yeah, just uh, our, our, uh, our heart goes out to uh, what he's going through right now. Well, you've got some experience at this uh, yourself, Eddie. You were arrested uh, several weeks ago in Washington, D.C. for dancing near the Jefferson Memorial. We've talked uh, in quite a bit of detail about that. But if our listeners haven't heard about it, they can go to jeffersondanceparty.info uh, to learn more about the Jefferson Dance Parties because people are coming back there on Monday. Uh, we sure are. We're going to meet there around 4 o'clock, and uh, we'll probably start dancing around 6. I've asked people to bring food and, and, and drinks to sell or give away, whatever. We're going to have our own little uh, mini pork fest agorist uh, alley right there at the Jefferson as well. That's not going to go over too well. How do you think the park police are going to respond to people selling things with, uh, without asking for permission? Uh, well, you know, they're one trick pony, so they'll probably, uh, I would imagine, they'd aggress. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are uh, really, I think, doing some heroic work down there in D.C. I mean, in the belly of the beast, doing civil disobedience. And it's, the, it's perfect civil disobedience, really. You're dancing. You're silently dancing at this uh, Jefferson Memorial. There's plenty of room to do it. Uh, there's no music or anything to disturb anybody else. It's just that they don't like people having fun. They really just don't like that. I wish that there were some parents who were really, you know, uh, courageous that would be willing to take their age six and under children out there and mm-hmm. have just children dancing, dancing. Yep. you know, because every- well, next to the adults. Have well, them neck dance with the adults. Or, or yes, sure. But, I mean, everyone, it's, everything's always for the children, you know. And, and the funny thing is, is we all think it's really cute when we see a kid, you know, in the middle of somewhere just start dancing. Yep. And, oh, how sweet and how fun. And, and um, I can't imagine police breaking that up. Yeah, exactly right. So, Eddie, how many people are, are, do you expect to come out to this on Monday? Um, I, I'm really not sure. Um, as far as uh, the Facebook... Um, it's, uh, it doesn't show a whole lot of people, but, again, we do have our website, uh, jeffersondanceparty.info, so I think a lot of people are just uh, um, following, the, following the website for updates. Okay. And is there a Facebook event on this? There is. And what, there is. how would people find that? Oh, okay. Hold on here. Is there a link maybe over Jeff- jeffersondanceparty.info? Oh, actually, yeah. There sure is. That's all they need to do is okay, go cool. there and you'll find the link right there on the front page. Cool. So if you're going to be in the D.C. area coming up on Monday, that is uh, 4th of July, Independence Day, they're having an independence party starting at, you said it was starting at 4 and then you start dancing at 6? That's it. At the and Jefferson then we're going Memorial. to uh, enjoy the uh, fireworks. It's exciting. Yeah, you know, and the, the way that this sort of – one of the things I like about this is these government bureaucrats would love to be home and doing the Independence Day Day thing that everybody else is doing. But because they've aggressed in the past two times, 
hassling people that were silently dancing at the Jefferson Memorial. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, this is no no far less you know less disturbing for people than say you know a classroom of kids running through and you know yelling and hollering and doing all the things that go on every single day at the Jefferson Memorial. So the idea that they've aggressed against these people, this punishes them because they're going to have to be out in full force. They're going to have to have many of them out there to do the arrests, or they're just going to ignore it. One of the two, but either way, they lose. They haven't ignored it yet, although last time they ignored it for about 15 or 20 minutes until they did finally move in uh, to push people out of the Jefferson Memorial. So effectively, you guys have been gaining ground, I think, over time, and so it should be interesting to see uh, how things play out on Monday evening. You know, uh, we're going to go ahead and do this Monday, and uh, Jefferson Dance Party is going to go on forever. Uh, you know, we're going to dance when we want to, uh, just like the song says. Uh, you know, it may be we're going to dance Monday, and then we may dance a month from now or six months from now or whenever. We're you can dance when you want to. Yep, exactly right. <laughs> hey, Eddie, anything else you want to share tonight? Yes, I do. There was one other thing I wanted to touch on was Pork Fest and how incredibly in- Awesome it was. It was my second time to attend. Um, the, the, the free aid uh, being set up, I think that was the first time this year. I thought that was just great. Yeah, that was the medical, uh, uh, basically the medical tent that was open 24 hours a day. Stephanie Murphy organized that, right? Right. Yeah. Agorist Ambulance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I got to meet the unschool family and the kids. And, the you know, they were, uh, they'd set up their own little agorist uh, babysitting and even dog sitting for folks that wanted to go down and, you know, party at Buzz's uh, nice. uh, dance party or whatever. The, the kids were great. And uh, just the whole thing, Port Fest, people had smiles planted on their faces the whole week. So would you say it was better the second time around, Eddie? Absolutely, absolutely, hundred cool. times. Like I said, it's life changing. It's life changing every time I go. <laughs> awesome, dude. Well, look forward to seeing you next year then. All right, guys. And if you're not, you. hey, and if you're not in a cage on uh, Monday night, will you give us a call and uh, give us a, a wrap up uh, or a, you know, kind of a recap of the Jefferson dance party, the uh, fourth round, I believe. I will for sure. Thanks, dude. We'll talk we'll to look forward to talking to you then. We're coming up here. Hour two's next. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's free talk live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and you, as always, are invited to dial in toll-free, take control of these airwaves, 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you'd like, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. We'll jump into your phone calls here. Joining you this evening, it is Ian. Michelle. Oh, and Mark is here as well. I just got to turn his mic on. And Mark. Uh, let's talk to John first up in this hour. John in Kansas, you're on Free Talk Live, the Michelle and Mark. Hello there. Hey, guys. Hey, John. What's on your mind tonight? All right. So a uh, couple days ago, I had a talk with a guy who 
had been in the military. Uh, he did seem to be fairly liberty-loving, though. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, that was what kind of worried me was this was someone who uh, had retired and had been through several degrees. His suggestion was actually that I go into the military so that they could pay for uh, several degrees for me. Uh, yeah, that's a terrible idea from what I understand of people who are military veterans. Um, there's a lot of, uh, well, lies that they tell you, uh, misinformation, half-truths that they give out regarding the uh, chance that you'll actually have to have college paid for. Yeah, I've heard that it's uh, far less, uh, far, far more difficult than is sort of let you're led to believe initially. Does did you say he has a bunch, uh, several degrees? Yes. So, um, like, he has some kind of ideas to to how that might work or, or whatever. Right. Uh, though, even though that still seemed to be rather odd that someone who was in favor of liberty would be suggesting something like this. Because not everyone, you know, you have to keep in mind that we all have inconsistencies and everything. And I've been a libertarian for, you know, most of my life. And I'm sure that someone could point out a flaw in my, you know, in my behavior or something like that. And so, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying that what he's saying is a good thing or whatever. But, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, wait, what are you saying, Michelle? I'm sorry. That was very confusing to me. Well, I mean, his this Liberty friend um, who is suggesting that, you know, college uh, can be paid for by entering the military. Well, that is somewhat true if that's the, the contract they offer. And he's claiming that he must not be a very good libertarian, it seems, if um, if he's suggesting that. And I'm, I'm just saying, you know, there are inconsistencies and in, that we all have them. Mm-hmm. And um all I know is I was at uh, Porkfest and Adam Kokesh had called a meeting of all of the former uh, military members there that were at Porkfest. Anybody that's former military and currently in the military or considering joining the military or anybody else that wanted to attend uh, was able to go into this meeting. And I went and I sat in there to see what they were talking about. And it was, it was very interesting. There were two young men in there who were considering joining the military and they basically had an entire room full of liberty-minded folks saying – don't and do vet, this. Vet, liberty, liberty-minded veterans. Right, right. And Saying, this is the don't question. Don't do this. You know, I mean, John, I don't. Are you considering this? Sure, sounds like it. John, are you still John? with us? Yes, I'm still with you. I, no, I wouldn't consider it whatsoever. Okay. So oh, okay. I, I thought that I thought you. Yeah, he was just criticizing his friend who you know loves right. liberty, but but oh, um, I see. Yeah. I thought you were thinking about joining the military. No, so I'm just I'm no. just saying you know don't. somebody out there listening is considering <laughs> joining the military, and so this could be important for them. Right. Right. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the military, all the benefits that they offer you and all of these things, the one thing that one needs to keep in mind is it's an organization whose job is to kill people and break things. And by break things, I mean blow crap up mm-hmm. that kills more people. And it, you know, has been used traditionally in less than, uh, you know, in, in manners that have been, you know, probably politicians maybe not being as judicious as they could, even even in the uh, the Great War, World War Two, the one where we stopped Hitler from killing all them Jews. The point is, the United States didn't get in the, into World War Two because of Hitler, for one thing. Mm-hmm. They didn't really know that Jews were being killed at, at the beginning of World War Two. Uh, right. There were some pictures in Life magazine. I'm not going to say it was completely... Uh, you know, out of people's mind. But that wasn't the reason that the United States got in World War II. 
the Germany actually de- declared war on the United States, and the United States got into World War II because of uh, Japan bombing Pearl Harbor. And there's a, a memo out there. and Which was a U.S. military base, but uh, Hawaii was not yet a state, so it wasn't even part of the United States. And it was a big uh, setup in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's, I, I think it's called, um, oh, shoot, I cannot remember the name of the memo. I, I had looked it up at one point, and it's a McCollum memo. Um, you can look it up on Wikipedia, the McCollum memo, that uh, basically it. It's it's you know a memo outlining well how can we go ahead and get uh, you know Japan to attack us because right. they knew the American we want a people, war but right. we don't want to start it well, because so, the American people wouldn't go for it yeah. so back to your friend for a second now obviously this upset you that he was um, willing to kind of sell out or suggesting that you sell out in order to pay for your college education is that right right okay so so did you try the tactic with him by chance since he claims to be libertarian that um, that those funds that are exacted from people in order to pay for one's college, even if they've they've served in the military, is taken by force? Because, you know, it seems like a lot of libertarians, if you can, you know, reduce it down to to just that right there, yeah. then they're able to see sometimes some of those agenda-driven things that otherwise they wouldn't. I didn't, but that's exactly what I thought of initially was that basically receiving anything from the military would be essentially stolen goods. Not only that, but blood-soaked stolen goods. Yeah, you know, I'm not... You can call them stolen goods, but, um, you know... So the the government steals them. The people accepting them aren't stealing. I mean, they're receiving stolen goods. That much is true. But, you know, for me, the biggest... The biggest... The worst part about the military is I'm not going to kill somebody for $100,000... I'm certainly not going to kill them for, you know, a scholarship into college. You know, I'm just not willing or to do I'm those things. To, and that's I'm, what the military does. Well, they may ask you to pack, you know, maybe you won't have to kill someone, Mark, but you may be asked to pack a box full of ammunition and ship it over somewhere where somebody will unpack it and then kill somebody with the ammunition. So you're still part and parcel to killing whether or not you actually pull the trigger. But if this guy is looking at this from a cost-benefit analysis of which it seems like your friend is like, oh, well, you know, you, you, ha- you can give this and you get this in return. And he's probably weighing statistically the chances that you're going to be involved in killing and that the that the um, benefit outweighs the potential risk, et cetera. But, you know, you could point out to him that that is not a principally based uh, belief system. And if you can find some principle that is that will appeal to him, that is um, at its core libertarianism, voluntarism, then I think you'll have an easier time persuading him that his that his um, belief about using military uh, money for education is is wrong. Anything else you want right. to share tonight? Uh, just uh, Mark was mentioning with uh, the McCollum memo. Yeah. There was actually some scholarship done around the time of World War One that suggests that – well, actually, it was a little bit after World War One. Suggested that if we didn't enter World War One, there would have been less of a sentiment in Germany. Well, the Treaty of Versailles kind of back. irritated them a little bit. 
Yeah, a little right. bit. I mean, the, the people were starving in the streets. <laughs> right. John, thanks for the call. I appreciate this is a, it. It's a great point that if the United States had not entered World War One, there would never have been a World War Two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this isn't me saying this. This is many scholars um, saying that, in fact, it was uh, the United States getting in so late in the war, adding a million men uh, under uh, Blackjack Mulligan, whatever his name was. Um, he, you know, they, 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 they tipped the balance of the war to the point that Germany lost so greatly yeah. that the, under the Treaty of Versailles, the the conditions Didn't were the so. Kaiser have to leave or uh, Chancellor or whoever it was. That much is that much. So what? You know. So they so they kicked out their their leader, big fat hairy deal. It's these payments that they had to make these incredible payments that the uh, war, war, war reparations war reparations that Germany had to make. I mean, both of these sides were fighting wars. They both you know they're just as you know just as uh, guilty on either side the war reparations made it so the economy could couldn't recover and germans were in terrible straits at the end of the war and they didn't get better for decades and that depression um you know enabled someone like hitler to be elected Absolutely. he was elected people he did not well, <laughs> he wasn't elected the nazi party was elected um, into positions, and then the uh, the chancellor, uh, you know, gave over. But he, you know, he worked within the democratic process. There's more coming up here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He ended up being appointed, but he did come in like second place in that election. More coming up. It's free talk live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Those website features, by the way, include our listening options. Different ways to get tuned into the program. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com. You'll see there are live streams there, broadband and dial-up versions. Around the clock, you can listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live there, completely free. Also, the radio stations, over 100 of them that carry the show throughout the week. You'll get the list of them. Uh, You can link to them there. Plus, our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio and our free-to-air KU Band channel, as well as the webcam and the listen lines that allow you to tune in from any phone that can dial long distance. So plenty of ways to get Free Talk Live in your ears. Go get the details and get tuned in at listen.freetalklive.com. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle is an affordable, versatile, and reliable rifle. It'll deliver 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance in a variety of situations. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. It's a serious rifle for those serious about rifles. The perfect do-it-all bolt-action rifle where rugged, reliable Ruger meets the practical tactical. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle, the one rifle you have to have. If you can have only one, you can see it at Ruger.com, and it is a beautiful rifle. You can see it at Ruger.com, and you can pick it up at your local gun dealer. All right, toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. We go back to the phones and the fun. Scott, listening in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. 
Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, Scott. Great. What's on your mind tonight? This is Scott from Orlando, uh, best buddies with John Kurtz. And uh, how you guys? Um, I heard Josh called in, and that was uh, quite a long time. But I promised Johnny I would call in as well. So, so yeah, what do, you, I mean, with- what do you have to share that we haven't already heard? Uh, for our listeners just tuning in, John Kurtz, uh, civil disobedience uh, activist there in Orlando, has been sentenced to 30 days in jail, plus a year probation, plus he's banned from coming within 100 feet of any uh, police officer. All of this because he dared to record video of a police that uh, was abusing somebody, and uh, then that police officer arrested John and threw him in jail, and that's kind of where things have come. The uh, the courtroom cracked down on video cameras and was just being generally tyrannical. Uh, so go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, um, I, I didn't catch what Josh did. I'm sorry. I was on. A, I did a couple other local shows today uh, on behalf of John. Obviously, he couldn't do them himself. So you guys are getting some local, uh, some local media coverage down there. Yeah, yeah, we got a couple of radio shows um, covering it, and um, well, obviously, Mark Schmitter got on CNN Worldwide yesterday, uh, two days ago. For that activism. wasn't obvious to me. I was not aware of that. That's uh, that's good news. <laughs> oh well, Judge Perry was the guy that uh, issued the order. Judge Perry is the Casey Anthony judge, and that's. I guess live streamed all over the world right now. I see. So because of this uh, murder trial that's going on, that uh, the, when this guy Mark Schmitter was arrested for handing out flyers to potential jurors outside of the courthouse, uh, the CNN gave him some airtime because uh, he was kind of tied into that. He, he was in Judge Perry's courtroom, so he, he had to. Um, they misreported it a little bit. They said he was handing out flyers outside of Judge Perry's courtroom on uh, at least one media outlet locally. Hmm. And uh, we've been on him pretty hard about that because Mark's been, he's religious about where he stands. It's always outside between the courthouse and the parking garage. He never moves. Um, he said he was arrested in there, and we know for a fact he, he doesn't move. He does. Uh, he did the Julian Heichel, and then he went limp on the ground. They took him to the hospital and all that. It's heroic, um, uh, and it's, it's, I don't know, what what is he facing as far as potential uh, jail time here? It's a contempt of court charge. Um, I heard it. Yeah, I heard a rumor. I have a 20 megabyte file here on it. I haven't had a chance to look through. I don't know exactly what the story is. And uh, Mark's been, I think he took a day off. He, he's probably tired. He didn't get out of jail until 1.30 um, mm-hmm. that night. Um, but yeah, well, the bond was 2500 so hopefully wow. it wasn't, um, it's not too major of a charge. Um, but obviously he's wrong, you know, Judge Perry. Sure right, and this is the same judge who, by the way, uh, walked right by when Julian Heichlin yeah. was down there handing out these jury flyers. He walked by and laughed about the fact that these guys were violating his uh, his ban. So well, they only yeah, want the ban on big trials. Yeah, nothing was done uh, for for like weeks and weeks, and then all of a sudden, you know, two days ago, this Mark Schmitter was uh, was arrested for handing yeah. out flyers. Yeah, we've got video of him nullifying his own order, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> yep. Okay. He's the same guy that did the uh, the second order was no no First Amendment activity at all on courthouse property. Right. And um, we were making a comment yesterday or before John's trial, and we they were pushing us into these free speech zones. We had a large banner or a sign out there for John, and TJ stood down the deputy, and uh, and uh, we got some good video on that. TJ's editing that tonight, so we'll have that up soon on uh, Orlando Copwatch YouTube page. Very cool. That's um, orlandocopwatch.com. You can get there uh, through that. So what else did you want to share about maybe your experience of attending John's trial, which was a total farce? Well, we were all devastated. We thought we had a pretty good chance he was going to get off on both counts. And you know how it is. These juries think they're give, doing you a favor when they give you the lesser count. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, we were pretty depressed. But um, was, we uh, had gone to a bar afterwards to lament. 
Well, now hold on just a second. Did you talk to the the his attorney? And I, I guess it, to me, what this seems like is what fruit of the poison tree or something like that. You can't get resisting arrest if the arrest was bad. You know, so is right. this is this an, an appealable thing? Oh. Yeah, shocker. There's contradictions here. It's crazy. He, he made the point to me this morning. He's been calling me from the jail um, uh, when you're in booking, and he was stuck in booking for 12 hours. He said he was cold, but at least he got to use the phone because they have an available phone there. But he said, um, the contradiction, Scott, and make sure you mention this when you're on the air with anybody, is they arrested me for uh, resi- um, battery, and then they convicted me for um, um, not obstruction. Obstruction was dropped. I'm resisting. Sorry, um, resisting, thank you. So how does that make sense, you know? Um, there's another contradiction. His attorney mentioned if the, if the camera had been a gun, and Judge Napolitano says the cameras are guns, right? But uh, it wouldn't have gotten lost, you know, and that, that didn't sit home with the jury, evidently. Oh, when you, when you say it got uh, lost, you mean the the, uh, the police lost the camera? Well, yeah. I mean, there's probably a thousand people out there. It was New Year's Eve, so somebody could have stolen it. But if it had been a gun, they'd have been sure to grab that camera mm-hmm. when they arrested him or grab that gun. Um, that was a good argument, I thought. And luckily, the police state really saved Johnny's butt because they got um, video cameras on all the overhead uh, streets downtown now, and that's where the video turned up that exonerated him from the greater charge. So the it was the police's, the police's own surveillance cameras that actually assisted him in this case? Yeah, I'm shocked that video didn't disappear along with the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, separate from the camera, this video also didn't disappear. This is one uh, of the reasons covered. I don't like the you know the, the idea of going limp. Um, I, you know, I think it works for some people. Which he didn't do. He didn't. That was, uh, that was Mark Schmitter. This is John Kirk. Uh, agreed. I, I understand. But, um, you okay. know, they charged him for, apparently, he got uh, the, you know, resisting for turning his left arm slightly when the police officer put handcuffs on him. And that mm-hmm. could have given the police officer a nasty pinch. And the, um, you know, this is this is the idea. So when you go limp, you know, this gives the jury something to to bargain with in their own minds. And I don't want to give them that. Um, you know, I'm, well, I, interestingly, I don't believe Mark Schmitter was charged with resisting arrest, was he? Um, no, not him, no. Right, so the guy that went limp actually didn't I'm get not saying it's it. consistent, Ian. Right. I'm just saying I don't like to give these people opportunities. I see where you're coming from. So, Scott, but, anything um, else you want to share? Yeah, the, the thing is that, you know, we're all just pressed out of our minds, you know, and, and sometimes you're going to have fuck when you do activism and it's going to feel like the end of the world. But Johnny called me from the jail last night and you get phone calls and you have this little uh, announcement, you know, somebody, so calling one of our jokes here in Orlando were things we like to say to each other just out when we're having a good time. We'll just yell out pork fest at each other. Pork fest. <laughs> well, Johnny, awesome. Thanks yeah. for the call, Scott. I appreciate hearing from you. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at tollhouse.com. You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free, so uh, enjoy those on us. Uh, They include the bulletin board system. It's uh, one way for you to get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Let's continue with you and your phone calls. We'll go to Gardner listening in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Gardner. Hello, my friends. Good to talk to you, Ian. How are you? Hey, dude. It's uh, it's LG Grande, Gardner Goldsmith. From... Gardner Goldsmith, I thought you were dead. I haven't seen you in so long. I know, guys. These guys are giddy over Michelle. your voice. Michelle, good to talk to you. How are you all? Good. good. Gardner Goldsmith is the host of Liberty Conspiracy, by the way, libertyconspiracy.com. It's uh, it's a great liberty-oriented podcast available online. Uh, Gard, what's on your mind tonight, dude? Well, you know, um, there's only so much I can do over at the website, and I was listening to your show from the 30th, and uh, compliments to you guys. You just had a terrific show, and one of the things that really made it outstanding was you had a caller who brought up a point, and you guys really opened up and, and discussed it. It was about... The difference between rights and liberties. Oh, yes, I remember that conversation. It was great. It was great, Michelle, yeah. And um, one of the things that I just wanted to bring it up again for those people who didn't uh, hear it last night or if they can go back into the archives and listen to the podcast, because it's exceptional what you guys all did. And also, it's very important, I think, uh, particularly for those of us who really critically look at the, the, the exercise of government on our lives, because... What what the caller brought up was that he had realized that there was a difference between rights and liberties. And this goes way back. I just wanted to mention it's so important. And, and you sort of got to the question of can you have rights or can you have liberties and can you have rights? Are they, are they different things? And, and he said, you know, I think rights are sort of a, a construct that has been brought up with government. And we don't really need the term rights. And I've held the same thing, and I just wanted to bring it up. It was so great to hear it, because the term rights has really been corrupted. And, um, and because government is supposedly there to protect your rights, but it's, it doesn't. It infringes on your rights at the outset. In order to exist, it has to take your property. Well, I think and, that Brett made the point also that rights and privileges are those things that are granted essentially to children. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. We're talking about uh, rights. Uh, rights are supposedly inherent and, and innate, and they're supposedly non-touchable. But almost the entire history of conversation about rights has come, whether it be John Locke or people like Antonin Scalia in the Supreme Court, it always comes with rights uh, are inherent, but we give up some of our rights in order to have government. And I right. say, you know what? Yeah, I think the term rights has been corrupted. If you look at uh, the Heller case, the Heller decision, Antonin Scalia spent all this time, and I've mentioned it before with you guys, he spent all this time talking about how the right to keep and bear arms was an individual right when it was understood as an individual right. Um, he didn't have to do that. Rights are supposedly individual. You don't, groups can't have rights. They're just groups of individuals. But at the end of it, he said, oh, and of course, you know, rights can be attenuated. Well, I thought the idea of a right was that it could, was it couldn't yeah. be attenuated. That was right. the point. Inalienable. How how would it be a right if you can't if you can't be attenuated? I mean, you could supposedly, I suppose, attenuate someone's rights if they're coming on your property, but that's because your right to your property supersedes their right to do whatever it is that they're doing. And I prefer exactly. John Stuart Mill's um, approach to that and the idea of negative rights. You ha- you have 
essentially the right to not be harmed, the right to not be robbed, et cetera. And that way, um, the protection is, is again, you know, for yourself and it's not entitling you to something at the hands of someone else. Right. And Mark brought up on the 30th, Mark brought up that if you have, or actually everybody brought up, if you have a right to something, a positive right, that means you have a claim on someone else. That's immediate enslavement. And so um, I think one of the things to remember, though, is even the concept of negative rights has always been put forward with the idea of government existing to protect your negative rights, which is a tautology, because the only way government can exist is to infringe and invade your rights. So all government invades on rights. All government is an infringement on rights. I think a better thing to do, and this is where we get the, the idea of liberties being different than rights, perhaps. Rights has always been sort of associated with government and those who excuse government. And I think if you, if you really want to get an understanding of, of the real concept of rights outside government, maybe we can't use the term rights anymore because they've, they've corrupted it. Nobody in government believes that you have rights anymore. They all believe you have privileges. So maybe we should say we have societally, in other words, outside of government, societally voluntarily agreed to modes of behavior, which equal, the, they, they act like rights, but... I don't think we can use rights sometimes well, because the, the politicians destroy our rights all the time. So I have a, one slight critique here, Gardner, and I want to see what you think about it. The yeah. um, the, the idea that you know that that government must violate rights isn't mm-hmm. it possible that some organization, if if government means a um, an organization that is there to protect us from dangerous bad people, because I think that's what many people in their minds define government as, couldn't it be that that a government then could exist without violating rights? Couldn't I make a contractual agreement with a group of people yeah. to protect me from bad folks that might harm me? And couldn't we call that organization a government? Mark, that's, that's an excellent question. And you know what? I've had a conversation with a couple of Free State Project members about the use of the term government, uh, because government in the past wasn't always um, necessarily equating to the state, as in... No, because there's self-government. Support. It just simply means it, restricting. Exactly. Governance, governing one's life. Uh, I think, unfortunately, the term government now is so synonymous with the state that I use them interchangeably, maybe erroneously sometimes, but I think a lot of people do as well. I think oh, you're right. I agree. Yeah, so I think, I think what we're talking about here is you can have governance without state government, but the, the, minute, the minute it is, it becomes involuntary, you have the state. If it's voluntary, then you have a market. And so uh, I think nowadays people just use the term government so much, I fall into the same habit, that the state, i.e. government, uh, can only exist by infringing on our rights. Therefore, the, the association of the word rights with anything nowadays really has been associated not with rights but with privileges granted you by government, just like Antonin Scalia said, even as he's defending the, First Amend- the Second Amendment. He's like, oh, but, you know, uh, the government can mess with your rights. It's like, no, Antonin, guess what? It can't. That's the point. So maybe we shouldn't use that term anymore. And I think the caller who brought up the difference between rights and liberties makes a very good point. Liberties are those things which we can do ourselves, and then when we come in contact with each other, we come up to societally agreed to modes of behavior which over time have been termed rights, but Mm -hmm. government has sequestered those. They've taken them over. I so, like the the use of the word entitlement rather than privilege also since you're you know talking about definitions of mm-hmm. words and things um yeah. simply because uh entitlements 
uh, are guarantees, whereas privileges, th- those can also be, you know, messed with and revoked or whatever. But more and more, um, you're hearing people say, well, you have a right to a house, you have a right to health care, you have a right to this, you have a right. And those are all entitlements. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think it's it's incumbent on us. And thanks for letting me sound off. Oh, wait a minute, you're not entitled to those things either. I know, no, but I'm saying that yeah. those are those are that's what we're hearing politicians say right now that you have a right you're to this and a right to that. They're using the word right instead of entitlement. That's what you're saying. They're using the word right instead of entitlement, and I'm clarifying that I believe that those to be in, um, are entitlements as opposed to privileges. Mm. Mm. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, I, perhaps we can solve and can, can claim that they are the receipt of stolen goods. I don't know. But anyway, I, thank you guys for letting me come on because I was so excited when I heard you talking about this. Well, Gard, it's um, always a pleasure. I, I mean, you, you usually bring the IQ level of the show up a significant notch uh, when, you, when you call in. So I, I appreciate uh, always your, uh, your input. Hey, thanks a lot for letting me call in, guys. Yeah, thanks it's for the call, dude. That's that... Gardner Goldsmith. Uh, he is available more of him over at libertyconspiracy.com. Used to be on this show a little more often, but the guy lives really far away, and I don't blame him for not, wanting, drive, to, yeah. not wanting to come out here when he's not getting paid to do so. So uh, 800-259-9231, but definitely check out his podcast to get a chance. libertyconspiracy.com. It's worth your while. 1-800-259-9231. Still plenty of time for you and your thoughts. What's on your mind tonight? 800-259-9231. Some bad news about uh, the medical marijuana world with the Obama administration. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. You like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com and enter Amazon through the links that you'll find there. Uh, it's Amazon for Canada, Amazon for the U.S., for the U.K., and for Germany. You enter through the appropriate link. Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase uh, there. So it's Amazon. You know them. They're the world's largest internet re- retail superstore. And it's the same great prices. Nothing's different about it. You're just entering through our portal, basically. And then Amazon sends us a cut of their profits for sending them the business. So you're going to do your shopping online anyway. Likely, you were probably going to buy something at Amazon. And so why not just enter through shop.freetalklive.com and help Free Talk Live out at the same time? That's shop.freetalklive.com as we continue here. And, you know, it's interesting. It, uh, sometimes there's different stuff at the different Amazons. So I was looking at a – yeah, I was looking at a uh, – sorry, Mark, you, were, you weren't there. Now you're back. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was looking at getting a <laughs> – You've been turning him off all night. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been looking at getting a certain Blu-ray disc, and uh, there was like a completely different package available through the Canadian Amazon. So I had to pay more for shipping because uh, I bought it from Canada, but it was something that's completely – But they'll ship it? Yeah, okay. sure, sure. I mean, if you're willing to pay for the international shipping rates, uh, which I was. I've heard that there's videos out there that are – there's different sections of the world. True. There are different regions uh, on Blu-ray. and DVDs, uh, regions, there's more DVD regions. There's only three Blu-ray regions. So it's 
if you're in the U.S. or Canada or South America, you can play the same Blu-ray. Reasonably safe. Yeah. So it's just that the you know it's the, the version wasn't available in the United States. And what I was got, the video? Uh, Sucker Punch, my favorite movie. Oh what my gosh, <laughs> you do. It's my favorite movie of the year, and everybody hates it. I didn't hate it. Well, you and I went together people. with a few people, and I yeah. thought it was really fun. Yeah, a lot of people don't like it, but whatever. All right, so uh, go shop.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done as we continue with you and your thoughts. And I believe Ruth is on the line listening in California. Ruth, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Oh, yeah. Oh, there are so many problems, but we should start at the top. Hey, uh, I know who this is. This, this is, is such a Sunfest. <laughs> well, you know, they won't let me on, so I have to keep changing oh, no, my no. name. We'll and then they won't let me on because I'm changing my name. No, we knew who you were. They knew who you were, Ruth. Sunfest, whoever you uh, Okay. You're very distinctive. All of our board operators know exactly who you are, no matter if you change oh, your yes, name. Oh, yes. I must be the FBI or someone. Really, no, really crazy. No, you're just a crazy lady that calls uh, crazy. Uh, talk well, radio. If well, if I'm crazy, who are the globalists? Okay, but, but the main, uh, you know, you guys better start po- polarizing your values and stop calling... Uh, polarizing uh, our crazy. values. Uh, stop calling uh, people crazy that was originally used as a cover-up cover for You've government. never really made much sense, uh, Sunfest. I mean, had you actually made coherent sense in the past, I would not be calling you crazy. Well, it's not, it's not my fault you can't keep up with me. Oh, you oh, have smacked! <laughs> Same problem. I'm not the only one. Okay, so what brilliant wisdom? Oh, Almighty Sunfest, what brilliant wisdom do you have to lay on us tonight? Yes, start at the top. First, to know the truth is liberating. I agree with that. This this whole thing, everything that you're doing day in and day out, is called making a living. From Libya to destroying the sun. Have you seen the sunset lately? Well, most people don't, but uh, I do. See, this is one of the reasons why you get accused of being crazy. I know, this is one of the reasons that you you know that you only take mainstream information. Sunfest, that's not true. That's not true. You bounce around from topic to topic. Can you focus on one thing? That's why there's a rising water. Sunfest, I totally empathize with you. These guys here can get me just going too. What did so. what did the sun do to the water, Sunfest? The sun, no, the sun is good. The sun is the source of life. It dries the water and the fallout it and the oil. The light is all that will destroy. The rising light? water can take no more. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait. Listen, wait. Listen. wait a minute. Didn't you just say the sun was the source of life and then you said the light is the only thing that can destroy? Well, the sunlight, yeah, the light destroys the oil, the, the fallout, and, oh, wow. uh, and, and the water that's rising, uh, it's digging a sinkhole because it can take no more overflow because yeah. they're covering the, the sun. Look at the sun. It's always got a haze no, around. No, it's a bad idea <laughs> to look at the sun. That's a crazy thing to say to someone. Oh, because the system has told you it's no, bad. No, because look it will burn sun. your eyes. <laughs> they're being literal sun fast. Don't pay any attention to them. You are not supposed to look at the sun. If you want to look at the sun, they're together because they're always trying to sun fest. Hold on. Let me just pot her down for a moment because I know she's very excited. She hasn't been on the air in a long time and we she wants to say a lot. We're gonna give you a chance. Pot her down, please. Just so kids kids listening. Kids Well, at least I can. Sunfest! Hold on. (laughs) Kids, please don't look at the sun. Whatever you do. I know that you like to do things that people say not to do, but do not look at the sun. It's a bad idea. It will hurt you, possibly blind you. Anyway, Sunfest, go ahead with your uh, your thoughts. First, 
first, to solve the problem, we have to understand what's behind government. Government and economy are like white on rice. We can't ah. separate them. Government is there to create work. Mm. Why? For jobs. You are work. so wrong. Okay, Sunfest, Sunfest, that's unfair. That's unfair to say. You said that the that the government exists and its purpose is to create jobs. Work, yeah, to create work. Not true. Like, like invading Libya. Those trillions The state is there to serve itself. It's not exactly. there to serve it's, anyone and here, else. Just let me finish a sentence. I, oh, I agree please. with you. It's there to serve itself from the tax it creates from jobs to, uh, to intrusions from all the work and busting people and invading Libya, everything that happens uh, is accounted by that. So, uh, so this is just called making a living. And as soon as you can understand that much, you won't have to, to count every two and two to make four and keep repeating over and over again. So, Sunfest, you think that the... Sunfest, now it's my turn now. We get to have a conversation here, Sunfest. Do you think it's the government's role then to create jobs so that we can all be employed in order to pay this tax? Like, and, And that's a positive thing? No, no, I'm saying that the work that they're, needless work they're creating, like busting people unfairly, fighting terrorism, invading Libya, becoming an empire, the purpose of work is to create those trillions in tax to keep, to keep the mob on well, top. No, that's not, not exactly true. Look, I, if what you're saying is you disagree with the, uh, the war, I agree with you there. I don't agree with war. I think war is a horrible thing. Why do you think we have wars? Because politicians seek work. power. Because power. No, they okay. don't create work. That's actually a broken, called the broken window fallacy. And the idea that, you know, you have someone break a window in a shop in order for the shopkeeper to employ someone to make the glass in order to employ someone to instill, put the glass in, that that actually somehow creates work. No, that's a zero-sum gain, and, and there is no, there is no um, wealth created in, in that scenario. So what you're well, saying... You're reporting it every day when they're busting Girl Scouts for not licensing, which creates jobs. I'm not getting when paid they to talk about it. <laughs> which no. creates jobs. Don't you see? This is what's called Parkinson Law. Unless you understand the system and the economy behind it, you'll just keep saying these things like government just wants to bug us. Look, there must be deeper reasons. Economy has been accepted as survival. This is the economic crisis, a struggle to survive. I think okay, that, and, uh, and we're just disagreeing on some really fundamental points here, Sunfest. And I'll thank you for the call tonight. I uh, always appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. The purpose of government is it's a group of men and women who would like to essentially exist as a parasite. They uh, want to be able to live their lives without having to actually provide a product or service that is of real value on a consensual basis to the marketplace. So they provide their so-called services, whether you want them or not, uh, to you, and they do it on the threat of violence. So that's all government is. It's men and women doing business at the threat uh, of violence. They don't create work that is of real value, as Michelle was, uh, was talking about. Now and then the government people will do something that's that's useful, but they're not getting rewarded on a, uh, a consensual basis. And for the most part, their jobs are busy work and they're not actual valuable uh, market-based uh, jobs that produce. There's certainly uh, jobs that exist in the government that would exist in the, in the marketplace, you know, firemen. police officer, firemen, things like, things like that. But uh, their roles would change a great deal. 
Sure, like uh, the water uh, technician or whatever, the, the the people that are providing water to homes. Obviously, people are going to demand that in the absence of the coercive state. Uh, but, you know, you can't really have a conversation with somebody if you can't agree on the definitions of the terms that Absolutely. you're discussing. And so that's why it's impossible to talk to Sunfest because she's all over the damn map. She doesn't know what she's really talking about. She thinks she does. You fluster but... her a little bit, Ian, just like you fluster so many of us ladies. What? Wow. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. Do not give him a big head. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, there's what she says, Mark, and then there's reality. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is next. You can take control of the airwaves. And not so great news coming out of D.C. for the states where medical marijuana has been legalized. We'll tell you about that coming up. Free Talk Live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game created by a free stater. It's all in your browser. There's nothing weird to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com and start mining today. It's free. MineThings.com. Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And we invite you to the website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there for free. The main feature actually allows you to control the content of the site. You find something online that you think is interesting, you submit it as show prep to freetalklive.com, and then other listeners can vote on it. You can vote on things as well, and the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the website. So it's a social bookmarking site just for our listeners. Go to freetalklive.com, get interactive, and you'll find that it's all totally free. Once again, freetalklive.com. And that's really the best way to get a story to us. Um, you know, I mean, we, we look at that every single day while we do our show prep, so the stories that are at the top are the ones that are more likely to get read and you know that's it's the best way to enter a story yep in fact uh, by the way coming up michelle's going to tell us about her experience with harry potter and uh, i guess that uh, you've just started watching uh, i have and i'm so excited so michelle has <laughs> I'm just squirming right she's just now getting into the uh, the harry potter thing so uh, we're going to give her a chance to uh, express herself on that issue but first the news is coming out of uh Washington, D.C., and it is not so great. It's uh, from Reason.com's blog. The Department of Justice sent out a memo on Wednesday instructing the head of the Drug Enforcement Administration and leading officials in the U.S. Attorney's Office to treat medical marijuana shops as top priorities for prosecutors and drug investigators. Quote, Persons who are in the business of cultivating, selling, or distributing marijuana and those who knowingly facilitate such activities are in violation of the Controlled Substances Act, regardless of state law. Consistent with resource constraints and the discretion you may exercise in your district, such persons are subject to federal enforcement action, including potential prosecution. 
Now, this is absolutely contrary to what Barack Obama said he was going to do when he ran for president. Didn't he say he was going to lay off the medical uh, that was That was my understanding of it. Uh, you know, yeah. the idea, we're going to get out of Iraq, which, you know, what was it, the deadliest month this month in Iraq in the last three years? Mm. So, I mean, obviously, we aren't out of Iraq if we are the United States and he is in charge of the military. So don't act like he couldn't do anything about it. State laws and local Big ordinances. Fat liar. Transparency, my butt. The memo. The memo continues. <laughs> wow. State laws or local ordinances are not a defense to civil or criminal enforcement of federal law with respect to such conduct, including enforcement of the CSA, which is the Controlled Substances Act. So you know they're pounding it. They're saying we're coming after you, medical states. Your laws won't protect you. We're the federal government, and we are God. The memo, authored by Deputy Attorney General James Cole, <laughs> clarifies a memo released in 2009 that declared marijuana, uh, medical marijuana sales in states that have legalized it to be a low priority for law enforcement and prosecutors. So remember, that was after he was elected, Mark. It was afterwards that they made this statement like, yeah, we're, we're not so concerned with the medical uh, marijuana states anymore. After he mockingly said, yeah, I inhaled. Yep, and yeah. we've had what the last uh, three presidents have been drug users, mm-hmm. and these hypocrites and abusers, yeah, and these hypocrites have gone are going after people who've done the same thing they've done. Mark, right. you have to understand that they know what's best for you, and you know you apparently are, they they're, do. They're well educated, Harvard, Yale, another Yale, well educated. Drug users. Most of the people at Harvard and Yale are using pot to get high, not for medical purposes. So really, they use pot to get high. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, they're targeting people who are using pot to feel better. Yes. They're, they're targeting people like cancer patients and uh, multiple scler- uh, sclerosis sufferers and glaucoma uh, patients. So th- they're actually going after people that are you know sick, which people is even that worse. are trying to make themselves well, yeah. not through the use of pharmaceuticals or um, or legal drug means but i suspect it's the pharmaceutical companies are going after them uh, you know how get, about that getting their boys in the government to go after them for that very reason now then uh this uh, 2009 memo was the so-called ogden memo it first appeared to drug law reformers as evidence that president obama was finally dialing back the war on drugs remember it was being you know trumpeted as a, a major success and of course, uh, I think we were pretty skeptical here on Free Talk Live. We're, you know, the, the, the evidence will be if they actually stop messing with the, mar- the medical marijuana distributors. And I don't know if they actually ever did stop messing with the, the medical marijuana distributors. Well, in California, sure the funny thing is, is they would allow for the medical marijuana, but then they'd go, the police would go in, or the DEA would go in and raid the buildings from time to time that had it so and just steal just cart off the plants cart off the plants and cart off the cash and then leave them leave them to continue operating if they could bounce back from it so the dea and u.s attorney's office continued to raid and prosecute state legal grow operations in marijuana shops after the memo was first circulated leading reformers to conclude that obama was lying when he said that his administration would not be doing those things the memo written by cole and addressed to dea administrator michael lionheart or excuse me michelle lionheart and several members of the U.S. Attorney's Office as a severe, a severe amendment to the Ogden Memo. Quote, the Department of Justice is committed to the enforcement of the Controlled Substances Act in all states. Congress has determined that marijuana is a dangerous drug and that the illegal distribution and sale of marijuana is a serious crime that provides a significant source of revenue to large-scale criminal enterprises, gangs, and cartels. As though there are criminal enterprises that are the legal, uh, licensed 
marijuana growers out in California or these other places. I'm sorry, but those the pot that's going into those clubs, it's not coming from south of the border. No, it's being grown in like Humboldt County, California. Right, under permitted legal operations. So they're just they're mixing all kinds of nonsense together here in this memo, but no one should be surprised. Remember, it wasn't that long ago that they also announced that they would be going after any bureaucrats that are helping out with the distribution of uh, of medical marijuana. Do you remember that story? Yep. Where the federal government basically said, "Hey, look out, you states that have a uh, medical marijuana distribution system that is state-run. We'll be coming after you next. So clearly, these people have no intention whatsoever of uh, ratcheting down the war on drugs. And it's too, it, it makes too much money for them. I'm sorry. You know, Mark, I like this whole nullification idea, but I just don't know if it, if it really holds any water. Well, you the think feds that, don't care. Do you think seceding is going to, to be um, in some way that the federal government's just going to let you let a state secede? Yeah. Well, I several think counties in California think that right now. I, think I hope that they do, but I, I think that the federal government is likely to, do, to, to just ignore a secession and... And pretend like well, they're not going to ignore it if people stop paying taxes. Woohoo! And they're I like able to that go idea. in and arrest citizens. So you think they're going to roll in tanks? If I don't think secedes? they're going to roll in tanks. Absolutely not. Well, then what are they going to do? If if a state government actually votes for secession and says "see ya" and then no longer sends any money to uh, the federal government, no longer accepts any money from the federal government, uh, what are they going to do? I think that they'll probably come in and go after people, you know, high profile people who have not paid quote-unquote, their taxes and mm-hmm. try to cart them off to jail because they will not recognize the secession of the state. This is what happens all the time when pieces of countries decide to split off. So then I'm glad I'm you... not high profile. Now, look, I'm not somebody who uh, advocates having any state whatsoever, but we're talking about this concept of a state seceding from the uh, the people calling themselves the state of New Hampshire, for instance, seceding from the United States. If that politically were to be feasible, and I agree with you, Mark, we're nowhere near it right now. It's only one in five Americans that actually support the idea of secession. I think that's a good starting point. It's better than one in ten. Um, so one out of five supports the idea of seceding today. If you actually had the popular support for secession and it was voted for and it moved through whatever process it needed to move through, then it wouldn't be unreasonable at that point, given the, whatever that zeitgeist might be, to say to the county sheriff, hey, if these people uh, come into this, uh, this county and they aggress against somebody, then you put them away. Well, the zeitgeist, the, feds, the zeitgeist currently is in California that medical that that people that need medical marijuana should have it. However, the cops there are not keeping the feds out. The same argument that should, would be made for uh, for secession should be well, made for nullification in this circumstance. As far as I'm concerned, sheriffs in Los Angeles County have the right to shoot to kill any federal agents that come in there and try to uh, you know attack a legitimate business yeah, that a lawful business I that is operating under the law. No, I see where you're coming from, Mark, but that's not uh, it's not a completely anti-federal sentiment. You would have to have a total anti-federal sentiment in order to have real secession, not just a little bit of nullification here on the marijuana issue. I'm just saying, uh, you know, this I'm a- with the Ian on this one. So I, I, look, I'm for secession. I'm just Good. saying Let's that- move forward with that then. Uh, well, 800-259-9231. I think nullification comes first. I haven't seen any evidence that nullification has, has done anything. I haven't seen any evidence that secession's going anywhere. Well, it, it is. I mean, more people are talking about it now than people ever People are talking before. about nullification. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Toll free. Bring up what you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. And those features include different ways to promote the show. You can go to promote.freetalklive.com. Great ways to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Everything from flyers that you can print and distribute to web banners, graphics, etc. Uh, free bumper stickers even. You can go to uh, promote.freetalklive.com to learn more about that. Now, uh, of course, we will take your calls about anything. Uh, and if you want to comment on this news, which really isn't that much of a shock, coming out of Washington, D.C., where the federal government Department of Justice has sent a memo saying to the DEA, hey, you need to crack down. It's time to stop these people from medicating themselves in these different states, these thirteen or uh, these thirteen or fourteen different states. With where- the state of the economy, why in the world are they going after people that are trying to uh, smoke pot to feel better? You know, well, you can find them and get uh, hundreds of dollars out of them. I guess. I mean, they want to go after cripples and wheelchairs and people with cancer. I suppose that that's a great way to get some money for the government, right? I suppose. I mean, it certainly will help them, uh, you know, shore up their jail system. Half of these people they're going to end up throwing in jail, and then right. we're going to, we, the taxpayer, are going to be responsible for paying for them. So, according to the story here over at Reason.com on their blog, they're talking about the original memo that uh, created a little bit of confusion, the Ogden memo back in 2009, which made it sound like Obama was dialing back the war on drugs a little bit by suggesting that uh, maybe they shouldn't be uh, going after these legal uh, grow operations within the medical marijuana states. But now they're saying, no, no, you've, you know, we, uh, we, we're, if we were unclear before, we want to make sure we're clear. It's time to crack down. We're not, we're not dialing anything back. He'll put those those uh, cancer patients in a jail cell. That'll teach them for using uh, natural remedies as opposed to the uh, the approved the FDA approved drugs that we really, really want to get them hooked on. So back to the story here. Uh, the memo, let's see, uh, was written again by the uh, Department of Justice. Uh, it says here they're committed to the enforcement of the Controlled Substances Act in all states. The Ogden Memorandum provides guidance to you in deploying your resources to enforce the. CSA, the Controlled Substances Act, as a part of the exercise of the broad discretion you're given to address federal criminal matters within your districts. It also says that the meaning of the Ogden memo has not changed since its writing. And then there's a very, very lengthy uh, quote here from the memo. The Ogden memo did not make medical marijuana legal, but it clearly advised federal law enforcement agencies to go after pot shops that showed signs of being tied to organized crime. And so when when the author here asked the White House in 2010 of continuing to raid medical marijuana dispensaries, which it had been doing less often than under Bush, but more often than never, a senior staffer told me, quote, yes, that enforcement is focused on those incidents where federal and state law are being violated and is therefore focused largely on drug traffickers. It has not spent its limited resources on independent patients with cancer 
and other serious disease. So it's going after the distribution points, the well, that's stores? What, that's what they claimed. No, no, no. No, no. The claim was about the original memo was that enforcement was in uh, was focused on areas where both federal and state law are being violated. But now they're saying you need to go after everybody. I see. So they've they've changed uh, you know their their tune. Of course, they never really stopped doing any enforcement over over time. So now they're now it's just going to be you know publicly known that they're going after medical marijuana people at the federal level. I I don't understand. I I can't imagine why they're doing it. The control. It could be control. I mean, you'd think in this economy, though, that they'd be, they'd, be, they'd be concentrating on ways to make the economy better, but they're not. Well, that's not the DEA's job. Yeah. Well, you know, we've already How established... We some DEA agents? We've already established, though, that the state produces nothing, and it's not efficient, and that it, it seeks to serve its, itself only. I mean, I don't see any difference between what the DEA is doing um, as far as the marijuana and what TSA does in trying to make us safer in on planes, protecting us from terrorists by having you dump out your, you know, over three ounces of whatever liquid you have and removing your belt and your shoes and your jewelry and your hair clip and da 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 da. And they've never and they've never caught a terrorist right. once in I the mean, history of the TSA. So it's completely inefficient and it's all about control. Can we make you obedient? The Ogden Memorandum, this by, by the way, this is an excerpt from their, the uh, federal memo. I'm not going to read the whole thing, just this excerpt. The Ogden Memorandum was never intended to shield such activities from federal enforcement action and prosecution, even where those activities purport to comply with state law. Persons who are in the business of cultivating, selling, or distributing marijuana and those who knowingly facilitate such activities are in violation of the Controlled Substances Act. Consistent with resource constraints you may exercise in your district, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, uh, look out. We're coming to get you, you medical pot distributors. Uh, and so what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? 800-259-9231. Do you think that nullification, as Mark uh, is advocating, is the solution here? Or do we need to go all the way and, uh, and go well, to secession? So this is the point that I'm making, is that in order to get the zeitgeist going that secession would require, you would need to take steps like nullification to get there. People have to see that they can that states are not being allowed to operate as they should be. This is supposed to be the government of the United States. So what you're that, saying is you need to try nullification and have people see it fail? Well, it, I, I would think that that would be the case. I mean, I nullification see. either has to work or not work. I believe that it is legally uh, that it can work, but mm-hmm. it, I think that people need to see that it can't before secession is ever going to take hold to any level. Yes, some people are from. talking about it, but that doesn't mean it's going to go anywhere. People have been talking about believe me, in the South, people have been talking about secession for 150 years it's not going anywhere well uh was this the story michelle that you were talking about from cbs where the uh 13 counties or th- yes. yeah, 13 counties are looking to secede from california yes that's pretty exciting i think mm-hmm. well this is really just a you know that this is the, the state of jefferson is that right is this northern california well, sure. actually, you know, let me back up a little bit. Um, when I was growing up on the West Coast, there, I mean, there's been talk for the last, you know, 30-something years about wanting to divide the North, um, Northern California and Southern California. Mm-hmm. And um, Governor Brown, back in the mm, late 70s, I think it was, essentially gave Southern California, Northern California's water rights. Yeah. 
And that just was a huge, you know, fiasco for many different reasons and had the farmers and still does have them in uproar and everything. So I, um, it seems though, according to this article, that it's more in terms of counties that are kind of more all over the place as opposed to dividing the state in half. According to the story here at uh, losangeles.cbslocal.com, the Riverside County Supervisor Jeff Stone thinks it's time for the state of California to go south, and he's proposed that the county lead a campaign for as many as 13 Southern California counties to secede from the state, uh, including places like uh, San Bernardino, San Diego, uh, etc. So it's not Los Angeles County? Not seeing that here. No, I don't see that. Funny little state. The creation of the new state would allow officials to focus on securing borders, balancing budgets, improving schools, and creating a vibrant economy, he said. Oh, they'll solve all their problems. If they this did. is uh, the Republicans wanting to split off. Um, you know, I, I, I think that people should be able I think that people should be able to do this. I think that the smaller the governing organization, the more responsive theoretically it should be. And that this, this focus that we all have on the president and the Congress really just gets us all uh, a tither about things that are going on nationally. When, in fact, the tyranny really rests with the local governments. The uh, spokesperson for the governor's office said, a secessionist movement? What is this, 1860? (laughs) Just laugh it off there, buddy. 1-800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. Yeah, so enjoy those on us, freetalklive.com. The wiki is there with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. Are you looking for camping Hunting or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing with the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. Get an additional 5% off. That should take care of shipping. With coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. All right, let's continue with you and your thoughts. John is listening in Indiana to WXNT in Indianapolis. Hello, John. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Well, howdy. How are you folks doing today? Just great, John. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, uh, two things. One, I wanted to tell you why I believe that the uh, United States will never legalize uh, drugs. And then, two, I want to tell you how people who smoke pot can mitigate that circumstance. My grandfather used to grow pot. You know, he grew hemp, actually, back uh, up until 37, and then uh, during World War II, uh, you know, he was given a license. But due to the, uh, what is it, 1961 uh, Single Convention on Narcotics, which was signed, if I remember, by 161 countries, uh, it's a treaty. Therefore, the government uh, is bound by that treaty uh, over and above the Constitution, it, you know, unless they would take and abrogate that at the... Uh, congressional level as far as the senate and the president and all that but how to get around it 
everybody that smokes pot has seeds, uh, unless you happen to get uh, sensimia. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is take those seeds and go out here. Uh, pot used to grow wild all over this country, uh, and it took forever. If you go up northern Indiana, there's still pot growing in the uh, big uh, ditches up there where they, uh, in between the farms and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's I've heard that. busted up there. Just take the good seeds, go out to all the green spots all year long, always throw your seeds in any place that's green, in the alleys, on you know, uh, over around the parks, any going down the roads uh, out in the country, uh, any place you got water, throw them along the streams. If you want to take and abrogate that and make it if where it won't matter, throw your instead of throwing them in the trash, throw your seeds out and let them grow. I think now, as long as this idea. isn't thrown on people's property, I think that's fine because it can get people in trouble. Uh, you know, if it's just growing off on their property someplace. But if you're talking about in public ways, parks, parks police departments, uh, you know, in the city buildings, ditches, yeah, like in the planters, in the police department, I'm all for it. <laughs> there you go, yeah. guys. Hey, any place you can throw them out because if it's everywhere, they're not going to bust everybody. If it's everywhere. Well, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I, uh, this is called Operation Overgrow, I yeah. believe. <laughs> I think it was Mark's, uh, Mark Emery that actually came up with it. I don't know who came up with it, but it's a good idea. I, mean, I know that Mark Emery had promoted it at some point in the past. Yeah. Of course, he's in jail now for distributing seeds. Yeah, the, the biggest name of an, um, that uh, latches on to an idea always gets credit for it. So 800-259-9231. People have done that here in Keene. Uh, they've thrown some uh, seeds around the parks and yeah, you can actually. It's it's fun to watch the pop plants uh, sprouting up in a public park, but eventually they see them and they 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 pull them out, or they mow over them with a lawnmower or whatever. So you know. if there's enough of them, though, they won't be able to do anything about it. The suggestion well, is enough of them. I, I guess there, I, I suppose the more there are, the more of a hassle it will become for them. No doubt about it. Yeah. And and you might as well. Otherwise, well, if what you're else doing, are you doing it with your seeds, if you're doing it in in areas that are much more noticeable, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know. There was a video done um, that Woody Harrelson narrated back a while ago that I saw, and um, and these people were being interviewed down in the basically the Tennessee Valley, and um, you know in the South. And what was suggested was that uh, seeds could be just basically thrown out and put in the Tennessee Valley where there is a lot of marijuana grown and that hemp seeds and that within um you know two cycles or something the strength of the marijuana that was the cannabis that was being grown um would be the strength would be cut in half and so because um, the the hemp would affect the marijuana exactly. hemp, hemp can't be smoked people it's illegal but it can't uh, but you can smoke it but it can't be you won't get high from it right yeah so so these um these farmers were saying well if you want to you know decrease the tox not toxicity but the um potency of the marijuana just uh just grow hemp right along there alongside it and it's going to decrease that and so i mean i i didn't really follow their their logic i really wasn't sure whose side of the argument they were on but i thought i had never heard that um that it would cut down the potency like that if it crossbred with it yeah. Yeah. yeah if it's if it's pot that's grown outside i mean you know that's not the way you, you're going to grow your your best marijuana let's continue with fred listening in michigan fred you're on free talk live with you michelle and mark hello there Right. Hey guys. Hey. Uh, What's on medical your Medical marijuana. Yeah. Uh, there used to be a guy here in Michigan who had a radio show, Mark Scott. And uh, he was a Marine Corps veteran, but he was like like us. He was just a, a truth hound and patriotic in terms of individual sovereignty. Okay. And 
he interviewed a fellow from California who had some childhood cancer that ultimately is lethal somewhere in the late teens, early 20s. Mm. And, of course, he discovered somehow that growing his own uh, happy plant uh, enabled him not only to be happy, but be free of his uh, cancer. And uh, so uh, what I've come to uh, discover from some biochemist people is that the reason it's been demonized is because it is such a truly effective, uh, uh, you know, remedy. For Meaning that the very, like the medical establishment feels threatened by it. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and that your your uh, your dear uh, colleague there mentioning a video. Well, I saw one called uh, what's it called? Uh, Hemp and the Rule of Law. Hemp and the Rule of Law. So they show this. This uh, stooge idiot uh, drug czar, which I think you know, all the czars should go back to Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Where they came up with this term is crazy. It's creepy. So this guy Barry McGett is creepy. I mean, all these, all these what I call parasites, legalized parasites. Anyway, Barry McCaffrey is shown in this video, "Hemp and the Rule of Law." (laughs) Uh, It's a family. It's just a a family operation out of North Carolina, Tin Roof video that did it. So here's this guy, McCaffrey, DEA, drugs are, mm-hmm. uh, uh, bantering this mantra, hemp is marijuana, over and over. And yet they show you the juxtaposed uh, photographs and of the plant. Hemp grows huge like, like, a, like a, a spruce tree, if you let it. Yeah, it's, it's a real and, stocky kind of plant, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it, it can grow and grow and grow. It's drought-resistant, insect-resistant, okay? And mm-hmm. and it, it provides the strongest uh, natural fiber ever ever discovered. That's why they wanted and, it for World War II. Yes, and the fellow who caught from Indiana, I know for a fact from that Hemp uh, and the Rule of All video, they show Henry Ford in the, I guess, late 30s, because Ford was growing hemp here in Michigan, I guess in the Upper Peninsula. Anyway... They show uh, a huge, like a Cadillac-sized Ford car made out of hemp plastic. And they show two NFL-sized dudes wailing away with full-size sledgehammers. <laughs> and the, the, the sledgehammers are bouncing off. Wow. There's no, there's no chips, dents, cracks, of course. Let's not forget that you can also make, uh, you know, you could power cars off of hemp uh, mm-hmm. oil. You can eat he the stuff. He was doing it, yeah. Yes, the very same car they went into that. Thank you. They were using the hemp oil. That sounds really fuel. neat. Now, now, what's this uh, this particular video called again? Hemp and the Rule of Law. Hemp and the Rule, hemp of, and law. The rule of Law by, by Tin Roof Video. Interesting. Hey, Tin thanks roof. for the call, Fred. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. There's still enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in right now, the number 800-259-9231, you may take control of the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are next. Thank you. 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Time for you and your thoughts. You dial in now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. We invite you to our website. You can go there and enjoy the features there completely free. That's the way a good talk show website should be. So enjoy it over at freetalklive.com. You can get interactive in various different ways. And if you decide that you want to you know, voluntarily support the show, you can do that too by becoming an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. It's a great way to get behind this program and help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations all around the country and bring more internet listeners on board as well. It's amp.freetalklive.com. Do you think the Free State Project is a good idea? Yes, that's why I moved to New Hampshire. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people out there that uh, feel the same way. Some of them have moved, some haven't. And if you're frustrated with the uh, the rate at which the FSP is uh, reaching the 20,000 mark, if so, consider this idea. A small group of liberty activists making telephone calls and petitioning in public areas for signers to the Free State Project. We've gotten dozens and dozens of signers so far, and I pay these activists for their time. So I need you to sponsor some signers. You can go now to freestatenow.com. Sponsor one, three, or ten signers. Do it today, please. I did ten. More, when, than, more than ten, actually. Well, previously? Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> and I need somebody else to do the same. You'll get your signer. I, Mark Edge, guarantee it. Freestatenow.com. Fantastic. All right, let's continue with you and your thoughts. You can bring up what you want, and we'll talk to uh, Kirk, I think, in New Hampshire. Kirk, did I get the, the name right on this? Kirk in New Hampshire? On Free Talk Live? But that's okay. What's your name? I'm sorry. Hi. Uh, Kurt. Oh, Kurt. Okay, go ahead with your I thoughts, Kurt. In, I met you in Keene, actually, a, few, a couple months ago. Great. Um, I lived in the area that is known as the state of Jefferson to the people who lived there for a while, and the, the big objection was that they were being ignored by the federal government. It wasn't some kind of liberty thing. It was, if we're, own, if we're our own state, then, then the federal government will have to pay attention to us. It was during the Great Depression, and with the war and all the buildup of military along the coast to protect against the practically non-existent threat from Japan. The roads were built, the developments were put in, the water rights were developed and stuff, and the, the real demand for it went away. So the state of Jefferson, wasn't that northern California, southern uh, Oregon? Yes. Okay. Right now, the state, the uh, California counties that are looking to secede from California are the southern counties. So we're not talking about the same thing, but nonetheless, interesting uh, about the state of Jefferson. So you're saying the state of Jefferson thing is dead. I've heard it's still around today. I've seen Pete Ayer from LibertyOnTour.com with a state of Jefferson uh, hat that he's wearing. It's not dead. It's um, the people who espouse it now are liberty types. I see as opposed to the people who were espousing it at the time during the 30s when they wanted money. The people in in, in Key West, which uh, sell the Conk Republic hats, they're doing it as a tourist trap. That's right, they are. (laughs) And they're not doing a very good job either, from what I can tell, because they don't respond to emails. (laughs) 
No, I tried. I tried contacting the Conch Republic people because I had a question for them about how they went ahead and got uh, their passports made. Like, how to whom do you go to get a passport made? Because they have their they purportedly have their own passports at the Conch Republic. And, you know, they're supposed to be like uh, essentially a touristy trap kind of uh, item, and you know, you're not supposed to use it as a real passport, etc. But it kind of looks like a passport. So I'm wondering. <laughs> To you know, what manufacturer do I contact to get a realistic-looking uh, passport? I was hoping they would be able to help me with that information so we could create one for the Shire Society, but uh, no one ever got back. Sounds to me. like a great idea. Somebody back back in the '90s, there were some people who were trying to promote seasteading, mm-hmm. who were talking about making up passports of their their little program, but Oceania, but it never went anywhere. The seasteading thing is actually still out there. I didn't know it was going on back in the 90s. Yeah, I didn't know they used that term, but there's a place called, uh, is it Sea, uh, not Sea World, Sea Land, um, that uh, is, is apparently some kind of... The old military platform? Yeah, military platform out in mm-hmm. the North Sea, um, and they'll sell you, uh, you know, all, they'll make you a baron and uh, sell you a, yeah. um, a, a, a passport. Sealand is also marketing themselves as a nationless... Um, internet site yeah correct yeah where you they can are do out on a hosting. platform yeah they'll host your platform and you can say whatever you want to say which is kind of nice well hopefully uh hopefully it doesn't get them invaded because uh that's what government that's what governments really hate hey uh thanks uh, appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800-259-9231 we'll continue and talk to shadow listening in alabama to wbhp hello shadow yeah, hello there. Hey, good show tonight, guys. Thanks, Shadow. Go ahead with your thoughts. Okay, I just want to say this. If, if uh, you all don't know that uh, Indian reservations are considered sovereign nations, okay, we know that. Supposedly, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, anyway, United, all right, each state, actually, if you remember the early parts of this country, the days and everything, each state is actually a separate country with its own government. That's the idea. Yeah, okay. They don't well, act like it. I, well, I know, but uh, given time, they are. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is the is the the Fed thing right there. See, if any of the Feds want to come in any any of these states right here and cause trouble, they automatically come under state law. And I don't care what those morons out there in D.C. say. Federal law does not supersede state well, law. Well, it would require the state government people to actually act like they were in charge and, you know, stop the feds from doing anything they want. Because right now, the state government people, and thanks for the call, Shadow, I appreciate it as always, the state government people are completely subservient on most issues to the they federal government. They all want government. to grow up and be uh, FBI agents. Let's continue here with you and your thoughts. We're going to go to an unscreened call on the amplifier line. Hello there. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, this is Nick from Illinois. Nick, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, back on Sunday during an ad spot, Mark commented offhand about arranged marriage. He wondered out loud if there could be some benefits, such as that people who were raised from a really young age together uh, might become very attached to each other. Yeah, it uh, seems like in, in well, India, they, uh, they, they, I guess they marry off like five- and six-year-olds. It's crazy stuff. Oh, well, I don't know about that age. But um, uh, there's this thing called the Western Mark effect that happens when people are raised in close proximity to each other starting anywhere from three to six years of age. Even children who are raised together with the intent of being married together, such as in the Israeli kibbutz system, which are communes in Israel, uh, become sexually repulsed by each other when they become of reproductive age. And this is interesting mm-hmm. because in cases where siblings or other close family members are raised apart and the Western Mark effect does not occur, something else occurs called genetic sexual attraction. Uh, 
Which is where like, long-lost mothers and sons find each other after so many years and wind up sleeping together. We've seen these effect. stories. Yeah, we've talked about those those things. You did? Well, yeah, not, we've, not talked that, to, we've never talked about that. Speci- I've never heard of the specific... Not uh, the terminology that you've talked yeah. about. We've, t- we've talked about stories where moms this and, have a, has occurred. Moms yeah. and dads meeting up with uh, long-separated uh, children and deciding, you know, the best idea here is to have sex. Ew. Now, what's the, what's, <laughs> what is this phenomenon called again? What, genetic sexual attraction? Genetic sexual attraction? Or Westermark effect. That's Westermark effect? Westermark. It's, uh, is that a, it's like named, a name? After, named Mr. after Wester. the guy who discovered it. Mr. Gotcha. Wester and Mr. Mark. <laughs> How did he discover it? Was he attracted to his mom or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, something. He's a Finnish anthropologist, Edvard Westermark, and he wrote a book called uh, The History of Human Marriage, 1891. He was a hmm. contemporary of Freud, and they argued back and forth on this point. Interesting. Uh, Freud me. argued that, that boys, little boys want to sleep with their mothers, and uh, Westermark. <laughs> Argued instead that uh, that there was some something that arose naturally to prevent it, because Freud's theory was that because boys want to sleep with their mothers, society came up with taboos against it. Hmm. And Westermark said, "No, there's something natural that arises to cause that instead of a societal effect." I have two sons, and um, I can pretty much pinpoint the time when they stop wanting to sleep with me, and that's basically when you know, They're like seven. No, closer to like ten. I mean, like not sleep with me all the time, but like if we went on vacation. You know, there'd be the three kids and me, and so sometimes Z would sleep in one of the beds with mom or then the boys sleep together, you know, we'd change around. But after like age 11, I mean, it was just, it was done completely. And um, they, you know, even when they hug me, they have separate, you know, from from the chest down, there's no body connection there. Nick, thanks for the (laughs) call. I don't do that with my mom at all. Let's talk to Daryl in Texas. Daryl, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, how are you guys doing? Great. What's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about the secession and uh, specifically Conk Republic. All righty, sir, you've got Go ahead. 30 they seconds. Actually, they, they seceded in 1982 due to a U.S. Customs border checkpoint along U.S. 1. They seceded and got that checkpoint removed. That's the whole purpose. But now it's become the tourist trap. Well, I saw that you know on their website they claim that people have actually used the Conquer Republic passports to travel, like in the Caribbean or wherever. And that there, there, there are some people that actually use the passports, but when they actually did the secession, it was for a legitimate reason to get that U.S. border uh, checkpoint removed off of U.S. One. Well, I'm glad that it's uh, that, the that only worked out road for into and out of. Apparently, this happened in uh, North Lido Beach in Sarasota too, and uh, well, that one that one didn't go as well because that was a you know a mostly nude beach, and they wanted it back. Michelle, save your notes on the Harry Potter thing. We'll come back <laughs> yes. to that next week uh, when you're back with us at uh, that time. And in the meantime, we'll be back online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. See you tomorrow night. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. 